Hey, welcome to Widow Too Soon. This is Mark Massaro. I'm here with my friend and co-host, Michelle Bader Ebersole. Perfectly. Good. Perfectly Good. executed. And this is like the fifth so episode proud. we're talking about it. Are people getting yep. tired of it? No, they understand yeah. that I'm not good at speaking. I'm working on it one episode at a time. So nice. what's up, Michelle Bader Ebersole? How are you? <laughs> I'm good. So uh, let's see what's been going on. We, it was only like five days ago we recorded last. Um, yeah, I think but, it was less, but yeah. <laughs> maybe less, but there have been some things going on. So I cut my hair. That was like in a nice. girl world, that's a major thing. Like I cut off like nine inches. Oh, so wow. That was like a really, really big deal. And I was having a little bit of grief. No, honestly, I did have this weird thought. Like some of this hair might have been here when Luke was alive that I'm about to cut off. Like I had these weird, oh, whoa. weird thoughts. But I was like, no, I'm not letting that stop me <laughs> from cutting my hair. So that was, you know, I had to, this is in, in the girl world. This is a big deal. You had to find a new hairstylist. Like I didn't have what, it was just a whole like scary day, but it was good. So that, that you know, I know everybody out there cares about that. So it's, you know, yeah, like a fake story. Super, yeah. <laughs> That was a great story. It was a great story. <laughs> I saved a snake's life. I know. I I love it. It's great. Um, let's see what else happened. So bigger than haircut is uh, my kids started school, and uh, Haley started her senior year and Peyton her sophomore year, and I definitely had grief on the first day of school, like leading up to it because she um, painted. I think I talked about last week or last time about how she was going to paint this parking spot and she did it it says you are my sunshine and she dedicated to her dad and then I found this video when she was a baby and they were singing you are my sunshine and then I made it into this beautiful TikTok video it's so cute um of That's them awesome. singing and then it shows a I think I saw your her. post yeah yeah I I posted that and then I yeah made another video anyways I was having like some grief that day just like man I wish he was here like I wish that Luke could see her start her senior year and just kind of having some grief about that um but happy for them and so awesome I don't drive at all for school anymore they she takes well it's kind of like her car now so she takes them in the morning I sleep in it's wonderful I'm not one of those like super moms who gets up every morning makes them breakfast <laughs> <laughs> um, I did the no I didn't even make breakfast the first day but I got up with them the first day but now they're on their own so it's kind of awesome um, it's just like a new phase of life where I don't have to stop my day to go pick them up or to drop them off um, so that's been cool been really busy planning this retreat that we have going on in Vancouver in October um, we opened up registration and it's exciting we have podcast listeners we have one from Iowa flying in two from Montana um, and then like other places. Oh, I've got someone from California, like all over. These people are flying into the retreat. I'm so excited. And That's someday awesome. we will have a big one. But we've like today I had a two hour meeting about that. So I've been really busy with that. And then Joel's been traveling, which is hard, but it's good because he got certified as a sick. Do you know what sick means? I'll tell you. Second no, I don't. In you command. didn't even give me a chance, oh, but sorry. no, I didn't. But no, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't either second in command so he has been trained now to be a co-pilot in like a big jet so he made like a wow big, like a big jump from his smaller Cessna to a jet it's a big wow jump. he studied a lot and they went down to Carlsbad California and he did two days in a simulator and then he certified and then he came home and then he had to fly out to inspect somebody's plane in Missouri which is where he is now um, so he's been doing a lot of traveling which I don't love um, but it's good it's all good for his career so I'm super yeah. excited super proud of him because it's a big deal he's like you know co-pilot 
is like of a big jet is a lot of work. Like there's so much you're doing and remembering. He's these big, thick books that he's studying all the time. And so it's a huge deal. And so I put this little sign on the door when he got home, so proud of you and like mm-hmm. made a big deal out of it because I know how hard that was for him. And so that's been a big deal in our world too, that he made a jump in his career and he's starting to fly for this like private jet and all the stuff. So very, very so exciting. Cool. I know. I love it. Uh, I love what he does. I love that it's. It just took a while um, in this area for him to get going, but I think I think we're good now. So anyway. yeah, because he's trying to establish all new contacts and stuff like that. I'm sure. Yes, yes. And he had a charter business in Louisiana, so of course he had to start all over. And but now he's going to be working for someone else, and it's it's a big career jump. So super excited and then he might train for like another jet i don't really get all of it but someday it means i can go with him places which will be really fun because it's a that's jet. awesome if they have room he can just be like can my wife come and then i can go with them and it'll be fun so that's anyways, super cool uh that's about you know i don't have as much today wow less than five minutes i got through my stuff that was good nice yeah so you must have the exciting Fancy. things this week tell me <laughs> yes well for starters you're not the only one just so you know that got oh, your haircut. I also oh, got I my haircut. I can tell. Looking fancy over here. Got the sides all trimmed up. Right. I got, I got my ears lowered. Did you as... get nine inches cut off like me? <laughs> no. Um, I got like maybe <laughs> three quarters of an inch. Maybe seven eighths. I don't know. Um, no. So, uh, oh, and I got to fly an F-22 Raptor. Um, I just ran some basic drills, you know, um, no big deal. (laughs) Oh, just kidding. Um, and, uh, let's see, uh, my daughter went on a field trip. So, you know, like you said, it's only been a a few days, so, so um, not much has happened, but somebody is flying in from, uh, my old hometown that, uh, I'm going to be showing houses to this weekend. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. I'm super, super excited about that. So. All of you listeners out there, no pressure or anything, but I prayed for all of you a lot. So if you could say a prayer for me, I'd appreciate it. Oh, wait. I want to mention this. I saw this. You made this really cool post about food. Yes. Um, Just wait. I don't remember all the details, but basically um, about how you now, like when you started out, you didn't even know like how to cook for your kids. Like I remember talking to you in the beginning and there was a lot of fast food. Like you you did Uber Eats and all of that a lot. All fast food. Yeah, I think I remember it was all fast food. And now- Tell, tell the audience what you said in the post. Like, basically, now what? So, okay, yeah. So, first of all, I single-handedly kept DoorDash in business by myself. I'm pretty positive right. of that. Um, so, yeah, it was it was really overwhelming for me. And actually, I was surprised by the amount of comments um, of people that related that also mm. had those same struggles when their their husband first died. Um and for for sometimes for different reasons, you know, because they're used to, you know, it just feels pointless to cook for one was one of the examples yeah, or yeah. Um, seeing a lot of his favorite, you know, ingredients at the store. And that was hard and things like that. But for me, I remember walking just up and down every aisle, try, like just getting things that I thought I should be buying. I'm like, oh, I guess I should get bread. It's good to have bread. I mean, I know how to make a sandwich. I'm not, you know, totally dense, but like. <laughs> I just didn't know how to grocery shop and I was just throwing away tons of stuff because it was going bad. I didn't know how much to buy. It was just a struggle for me. And it's funny now as I talk about it, it's hard to like remember because I feel like I've conquered it so much. But I do remember that I remember walking up and down every aisle and just looking at pastas and just all this different stuff. And I just remember going, I don't know. And I like pushed the cart and I was like, I don't know how to do this. And I just Mm -hmm. walked out of the store. So, um, 
but after you know 18 months of um buying fast food and frozen food i realized like i can't continue this you know um i need to teach my kids about calories and macronutrients and all these things that i do know so yeah i've um over about the past year or so i've really um dug in and conquered that's making awesome. dinner so yeah i make my kids healthy foods and they like to eat healthy now and it's really cute when my seven-year-old boy's like Mm, no thanks i don't want ice cream i'm gonna choose something healthy i'm like yes i am nice. like winning you know so anyways so that's uh yeah that was what the post was about is just i wanted to encourage other widows and widowers obviously but that's a small percentage of our audience um you know to to maybe talk about something that makes them feel proud of themselves that they conquered and i know mm -hmm. michelle you went through a lot of that stuff in the beginning yeah. Mm -hmm. um you know things that were difficult and and whatnot that uh that you conquered and learned how to do and i know tina's been through it and all that and um she's conquered a lot you know she built a fire pit in her backyard like That's really cool awesome. not just some little cheesy one like she built this awesome like fire pit area in her backyard and it was really cool so you know i just i think it's proud when or i think it's a um a proud moment when anybody in this situation can persevere yes. um and uh you know be be strong and, and fight through the, the, the stuff that gets thrown on our plate. So anyways, that's, that's what that was about. Nice. So, um, well today our episode, we have actually, actually somebody who's become a friend of mine through the podcast, David Harity, um, who is a widower like myself. And, um, we, I can't remember exactly how we met. I remember you reaching out and sending me a message, David. Um, yeah. And I just liked you right away. I don't know what it was. I think it's just, you know, feeling Christ like exuding through your words. Um, yeah. I just took a liking to you. And so I've enjoyed following mm -hmm. your story. But anyways, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Awesome. Well, it's good. nice to meet you. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate Thanks it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So David and I have been talking about this for a while. And uh, with Michelle and I schedule and other guests we had lined up and different mm -hmm. things, it's been a little, you know, it's been a couple months that we've been planning this. But uh, David is here yeah. with us today. So um, David, why don't you, uh, if you wouldn't mind, just tell us a little bit about your story and where, wherever you want to start, if you want to tell us how you met your wife and what you've been through and things like that. So give it to you to take away. <laughs> well, um, I met my wife. Um, shortly out of high school, um, we were married, would have been married 25 years. We were together wow. 27. So, wow. um, kind of through a mutual friend of my brother. Um, mm. he roller skated back in the day when people <laughs> used, still used to roller skate. Um, yep. and I would see her in there when I'd go pick him up in the evening, uh, from roller skating and I didn't. I was dating someone else. I didn't really pay much attention, but she always thought I was older than her, quite a bit older than her. But um, anyway, um, through a friend of hers, she saw me. Um, I'm a big car guy, so cruising. I don't know if you guys know what cruising is or absolutely. That, okay, I'm also Back a car guy. Cruise and and hang. <laughs> well, she saw me out um, on a local cruising strip and pulled in and got to talking and. Um, took a liking to each other and exchanged numbers and talked ever, you know, had talked ever since. So mm, um, that's awesome. Uh, and so married after two years. Yeah. We engaged a year and a half and yeah, 97, May 24th and 97, we got married. Um, oh, that's awesome. 
Uh, we have two kids. I have a 23 year old son that's uh, actually in the military, he's in the Air Force, stationed in Tucson, Arizona. And nice. my daughter's 20, about to be 21. She's a Christmas Eve baby. Oh, really? And, yeah. yeah, she'll be 21 this, this year. Um, she's still in the house, she's going to college. But, um, but yeah, it's that's um, awesome. Wow. Um, and so tell, you know, I remember from your story. So before you get into what happened to your wife, because I think it's relevant to the story, can you share with us kind of what you have been through personally? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it does. There's the Lord allows you to go through things and through those, he obviously doesn't, he doesn't make them happen but he uses them for his good. I mean, it's beauty mm -hmm. from ashes. So, mm -hmm. um, in 2019, um, in September, the end of September, I was diagnosed with stage three B colorectal cancer, mm. um, which came out of the blue. I'm a competitive tennis player. Uh, at that point I was running marathons, you know, eating healthy. So, and that it just came out of the blue, but through the process of walking through that, chemo, radiation, surgeries at the beginning of COVID, it went from, you know, as many visitors as you want down to two, down to one, down to no visitors. So both surgeries I had, I was in the hospital by myself. No one could do oh. it. So yeah. Um, but you learn a lot of lessons in that. I mean, God worked a whole lot of things through that and just that's like a whole it could be a whole nother story but just <laughs> one one thing that i took away from that was um went to one particular moment it was my fifth radiation um that i had I had 23 total radiation wow. um and it was the fifth one i had in there and of course you guys know going into a, a cancer hospital you don't have to guess what that person has. I mean, yeah, there's some type of cancer, it, it, but mm -hmm. it's just a different feeling walking to a cancer hospital, but I, I'm sitting in the waiting room and there's, it, it's just full of people waiting for CT scans and, you know, their radiation. And, um, there was a couple sitting across from me and she wasn't in real good shape. She was the patient cause she had a bracelet on and her husband wasn't in real good shape either. Could barely get back to her to sit down. And she had a, a McDonald's cup and he was pouring another, you know, Dr. Pepper or whatever in the cup. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking at him, I wasn't feeling sorry for myself, but I remember looking at him going, really, really, I'm 43 at that time. And, and like I said, I was playing tennis and active and the instant I heard myself say, really, I heard him say, who do you think you are? Wow. And that was a, a reprimand from the Lord is different from, from anybody that I've ever had a reprimand. You know, that was, it was harsh, but it was needed. Mm -hmm. Um, he just said, who do you think you are? You're, you're no better than they are. And from that point on, I started looking at people differently. Mm -hmm. Like even the people that were in the waiting room. So it, it, in a way it kind of softened my heart to not my own story, but everyone else's around me kind of. Mm -hmm. And 
it almost prepared me for my wife's passing in a way. Mm. I don't know that if I hadn't gone through cancer that I would be able to stand in her ICU room while she took her last breath or actually her heartbeat for the last time because that's ultimately what gave up was her heart. So, um, but within that whole cancer story, there's more that he taught me through that. But, you know, um, I don't know. It, it sure, was, yeah. That's you definitely intense. don't want to walk through it. You know, you guys have walked through it. She didn't die of cancer, but I had cancer. So it's kind of like, like I told you, I can kind of relate, but not really because you guys are caregivers. Mm. And as far as cancers, I got off easy. Colorectal is mm. real. It's easy to fix. It's if you catch it early, it's, you know, low recurrence of, of it coming back. Well, that's so, an awesome perspective, but mm -hmm. I can't imagine any cancer is easy and going through it's chemo not, but, and radiation and surgeries. Yeah, but you know, that's one thing that he gave me was um just perspective. Cuz wow. you know, you know how it is. I don't know what you you guys went through as far as the chemo, but you know, I I was able to take chemo pills from home. Oh. And the radiation took me longer to drive over there get set up on the table oh, and wow. do the radiation and go home. It took me longer to get there and go back home than it did. So there's people that are there eight hours a day sitting up in the second floor hooked to an IV with three different types of chemo going through them. You know, it's mm -hmm. like I didn't have to see the hospital, and, but five days a week for 12 minutes, you know, mm -hmm. and I got to go home. So I think that's awesome that you have that perspective um, because we can kind of look at anything in life that way. Yeah. Like, you, you know, really you look can, at yeah. other people or whatever. And um, so Luke, uh, Michelle's mm -hmm. husband, did do chemo. My yeah. wife, Lacey, did not. Um, okay. The chemo that they suggested to her was um, very low rate of her even surviving the chemo. Yeah. Um, so it was a it's very different me. story. She was terrified of chemo, you know. Yeah. Um but, but so I, I understand because there are a lot of different types of chemo out there and, you know, so I understand what you're saying. But so before we get into like, I just wanted to like, what was going through your head? Like, was there fear when you found out you had cancer? Were you afraid? Did the Lord take that from you or? Um, you know, I've been asked that question. Actually, my therapist asked me that. Um, it not really. No, in no time did I ever consider that it wasn't going to make it through cancer. Mm, that's you know, a awesome. Friend, a good friend of mine, James, was like, just, you're going to go through the treatment, just get through it, but you're going to come out on the other side, bud. You're, you're going to make it. You're going to live to your 80, 90 years old. Mm. And I never, I mean, there was, there was times in the hospital where, where I asked him to take me because the pain and, you know, the, um, with, you know, I had a ileostomy, so they had to pull part of my intestine out um, to let my lower part heal because they took eight inches of my large colon out. So um, mm. it was just getting through that and having to walk when you can't walk, and they want you to walk to try to get your digestive system going again. Moving, yeah. So you can leave the hospital, and mine was not cooperating for whatever mm. reason. So. Both times in the hospital, I stayed in her for seven days instead of three. So, wow. 
What was your wife like during this point? Like, as you were going through cancer, how was she reacting to that? Um, not, not good because she <laughs> couldn't, it, it's weird. Um, like the last surgery that I had, she dropped me off at the front of the hospital. Oh, it was just like, call me when the wow. surgery's done and you can come home. So it's like, it's just a, it was a weird situation where it's just mm. you and the nurses walking the hallways. It's that like a ghost strange. town other yeah. than, you know, um, but she, I mean, she wasn't doing good cause there's nothing, it kind of like her hands were tied cause there's nothing yeah. she could do. Right. That would be other so than difficult. Call up there, but the nurses, I felt bad for the nurses cause there was no family member to go get you ice chips or run and get right. you water. And the so nurses, everybody was also calling. The nurses were having to do that for mm -hmm. you. So it's like, I felt bad. So most of the time I was just kind of, I was way better off than most of the people in the surgical wing. So mm. I was just, you know, I can handle myself and just do what I'm supposed to do, get up and walk. And, but. Wow. Yeah. 2020 was a tough year. It was. <laughs> and it was the, a weird so year the three sure. of us together had, <laughs> had uh, similar Mm -hmm. things like that you know where yeah. it was uh covid caused a lot of um it did. problems <laughs> to yeah. say the least you know we've heard that from a lot of listeners also yeah it did. um what were you gonna say though michelle sorry oh, i was just gonna say so when did you get the um uh, like clear of cancer like how long did you go through treatments before you got that and then kind of then maybe transition into a little bit about what happened to your wife, you know, with your wife and the time period uh, in between that. I had, I think it was eight months. So, wow. um, I did chemo I did radiation and chemo. I did radiation first to shrink the tumor mm -hmm. and chemo. Um, and then in March I had surgery to resect and then, um, six weeks of letting it heal with the ileostomy. And then I went back in uh, May 1st, which was the grace of God that I was even able to go back in because at that point I was not considered elective because people live with ostomy bags. Mm. Um, so my surgeon told me, he goes, you may not get back in for six months because of COVID. Mm. You're able to live with a bag. It, it, you're not, you know, so I was continuing to lose weight. So that's the only thing that got me, kept me on schedule to go back in six weeks. So I got that uh, reversed and um, I'm still in the system. I'm clear. I don't have cancer. I'm clear. Yes. Uh, three years right. now. I'm in Praise the system God. for another two. Um, I go in every six months and have uh, blood work done just to check the tumor markers and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then every year I have a CT scan so I do that for another two years and after five years, they deem you clear and low risk of recurrence. So just Praise God. yeah, we'll be yeah. praying for that. Yeah. So I'm just kind of walking through this last, I mean, it, even in that, it's like, uh, there's lessons to be learned even in that. Cause I mean, you could, you could focus on the cancer. Is it going to come back? Is it going to come back? Right. It's like, mm -hmm. You just can't live that way. So you have to give that to the Lord and just say, Hey, it's in your hands. He got me through it. I'm still sitting here. Um, and also stress is really bad for your health, your health. It is. Like it is, scientifically yeah. proven that like people that are under a lot of stress and anxiety are more likely mm -hmm. to have cancer. 
Oh yeah. Um, things like that. And so that's, mm -hmm. that's really good that you have that mindset. And so, yeah, cool. just kind of, um, you know, piggybacking on what Michelle was saying. So, uh, so it was eight months mm -hmm. after your clear scan. Yeah. So what happened to your wife? Um, cleared scan and they finished off good end of, end of 2020, 2021 came around and everyone was healthy and good. And then of course, um, COVID was still a thing. Um, my daughter initially got COVID. She was the first one in our family to get it. Um, flu-like symptoms and then she was fine. Um, a couple weeks later, I got it and flu-like symptoms and then I was fine. Um, she got it two weeks later and um, she had complicating, she had a history of stuff that, that I guess comp, she just had complications from previous 15 years ago. She had had a bacterial pneumonia that put mm -hmm. her in the hospital for seven days in ICU with uh, her lungs filled with fluid. And they suspect that's kind of what got her was the um, scar tissue and just her lungs mm -hmm. weren't back to 100%. She made a full recovery, um, but it, she just couldn't recover this time. So uh, she got sick. We took her to a local hospital here and they had her on oxygen for a little bit, um, but they kept increasing oxygen. And she had, from her being in this situation 15 years ago, you know, innovated, um, I kind of saw the writing on the wall of where it potentially could be leading. Um, although we were praying for her to recover and be fine and get out of the hospital a couple of days. Well, that didn't happen. And then of course with COVID again, all the beds were full in the ICU or just the hospitals didn't want to take her because she was COVID positive. So, um, Jeez. they wound up having to send her an hour and a half away, um, from Tulsa where I live to Yukon, which is almost in Oklahoma city. So, um, we were having to drive an hour and a half to the hospital to get there. Um, and by the time she called me to come back up to the hospital here in Tulsa, um, when I got up there, they'd already had her on a CPAP machine. So she went from oxygen to CPAP. So I'm like, okay, this is not trending the right direction. So, um, took her by ambulance to that hospital and, um, just got her settled and uh, it was probably midnight and we told her good night and I'll see you in the morning. And by the time I got back home, an hour and a half later, the nurses had called and said um, they had to innovate her. So they put her on, had to put her on the vent. That, and, and they had asked her previous, um, if it gets to that point, do you want to be put on the vent? And she said, yes. So I'm like, okay, it's your, your decision. If that's what you want to do, then that's, let's do that even with, you know, them saying, don't put people on the vent. It, it was either that, or she was going to continue to her blood O2, you know, oxygen level is going to go down anyway. So, um, she stayed on the vent, um, for two weeks. They did everything they could do. I mean, they were, they were flipping her on her, her stomach. And that was a roller coaster for two weeks. You know, her, her oxygen saturation would come up, but it would never get above 90. 
you mm. know, sometimes it got into the 70s, and wow. she was on all the oxygen they could give her, you know, the highest setting on the ventilator. Um, so they just kept trying to flip her to see if the mucus would clear, and, and it was, her lungs were just not clearing. So um, the Saturday uh, of her passing, uh, we got a call from the hospital, and her mother, her mom had um, flown in from Indiana and stayed in the hotel right next door. So the last week uh, before her passing, we stayed in that hotel the whole week, so we could just walk across the, ho- you know, the, to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So we were at the hospital, and she called, or the nurses called about six thirty, and said, "Hey, you need to come up here. She's." We can't get her O2, her oxygen up. So we went over there, and um, of course, at that point, we could visit her. You could go in her room. She was in the the COVID, you know, ICU. So you had to put on the mask and all the gear to go in there. So I went in there and was just talking to her. But at that point, it was at seventy percent. I mean, it, they they just couldn't. They were they were doing everything. They just couldn't get it to come up. So um, we sat out in the waiting room. And they came back again and asked if um, we would like to go ahead and administer comfort care, you know, end of life mm. comfort care. And I said, yeah, definitely would do that. And I even, you know, had to go back and forth with, do I sign a DNR or do I not? Um, initially I signed it, but then I went in and talked to the, the nurse and I was like, okay, just shoot me straight. What is this going to look like if we do this? And she said, it's not like TV. Um, there's going to be broke ribs yeah. if we're having to resuscitate her. And the thing you have to remember is if we're, if we do get her back, she's not going to be in any better shape than what she was when she coded. She's going to be actually worse off now because now we broke ribs and she's mm-hmm. going to be in pain. So I told him not, I told him try it one time if she does code. And then if she does again, then that's it. Let's just let her let her go home. So um, it was a couple hours later, and then they came out and told me that. I said, and they said, "Do you want to be in there?" I said, "Well, yeah, absolutely. I want to be in there." And my daughter was there, and her her mom was there, um, and they couldn't be in the room. They mm. they they just couldn't be in there. So um, it was. You know, her lungs were doing everything they could do, just went keeping the oxygen up. So it was ultimately her heart that stopped. Because, I mean, you can't keep 120 beats per minute heart rate for two weeks straight, 24 hours a day, and it's just going to give up. So mm. by the time I went back in there and they were administering um, the comfort care, her, you could see her heart rate dropping and blood pressure was dropping and uh, but the thing that 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 I would like to get across, um, kind of the whole message that I got, it was actually a divine revelation. As I walked into their her room for the last time, um, it was much like your story when you were in the other room and you knew Lacey was gone. She just wasn't there in the house mm-hmm. anymore. When yeah. I walked in there, um, her. Uh, her eyelid, her left eyelid wouldn't stay shut. And before that, you know, her, her eyes were shut and it just looked like she was sleeping. But for some reason, her eye was like lazy eye kind of, and it wouldn't <laughs> shut. So I kind of leaned over and just shut it and it just kind of drew back open. 
And in an instant, I was thinking, oh, she's not here anymore. This is just her body laying here. She's not here. So um, as her blood pressure dropped, uh, you know, it got to 44 over, you know, just super low. And I just leaned over and kissed her on the forehead and I said, go be with Jesus. We're, yeah. we're okay here. Just go be with Jesus. So um, ultimately her heart stopped. Um, she coded, they called her at 1152 in the evening. And I just had him turn the ventilator off. I, I was trying to keep her um, going, so to speak, until her dad got there. Um, he was on his way from Tulsa out there, and um, but she passed before he got there. So, uh, like 15 minutes or so, but it was still, it's like, mm. but it, it's just, it was like a light bulb moment for me um, to realize that this thing that we're in, this, this fleshy thing, it's just, I call it my wife now, Amy, uh, gets a laugh at it. I call it a meat vehicle because <laughs> it's our spirit is who we are. Yes, absolutely. That's what goes to heaven. It, it's yep. not this thing. This thing will fall apart eventually for everybody. It will fail. Yep. Um, in that instant, I knew it's like, oh, sh this the Suzanne that I knew wasn't here anymore. She's in heaven. This is just mm -hmm. her body laying here yeah. now. So, um, and that was kind of a whole nother, I don't know, another stage, I guess, um, in my maturing in his face of seeing the fulfillment of scripture. Like, you know, this, mm -hmm. she went to heaven and she's not in this body anymore. So, so you start looking at the world differently after that, just life in general. It's like, yeah. okay, so everything's got a, a purpose now and it's a preparation for your home and home is not here. <laughs> you know, That's right. as, a, as a believer, our home's in eternity with Jesus. So, um, mm. There's only so much you can do. You can so much healthy eating you can do, you know, and that's going back to the cancer part. You know, it's like you can eat as healthy as you want and do everything that you need to do or think you need to do, but you still get sick. It's still going to fall apart at some point. Yeah, absolutely. So, I've always said cancer doesn't care how nice you are. It doesn't care nope. how healthy you are. It doesn't care. Nope, it's it a not. completely... Um, random monster that mm -hmm. you know obviously there's a lot of effects of it like our environment mm -hmm. and our foods and all that stuff obviously oh, yeah. plays oh, a yeah. factor um but you just never know i mm -hmm. mean there's guys that are you know in their 20s that are health freaks that they get diagnosed with stage four cancer out of nowhere i mean that mm -hmm. it's uh it's just one of those things you just never know but i i love your perspective um and it really does change a lot obviously what you went through mm -hmm. um changes your heart and mind a lot but also going through that with your wife mm -hmm. um it, it really does give you a very changed perspective on the world and it really gives you this understanding of just how temporary it is yeah our bodies are mm -hmm. but how eternal our mm -hmm. spirit and soul is and Definitely. and that's that's where the beauty of the uh the great hope 
comes from. Mm -hmm. And, and I remember the same, same feeling. I remember looking at my wife and saying, Whoa, like you're with him right now. Yeah. And, you know, obviously I was talking to myself, but I remember that feeling and it was just this powerful feeling that came over Mm -hmm. me that was like, Oh my gosh, like the thing that we've, you know, been learning about our whole lives and, you know, our faith, right? Like this, Mm -hmm. this, and it's like you're experiencing it right now. Everything that we've looked forward to as believers, yeah. Um, that's uh, that's pretty wild. And so, what was it like for you? Let's say the first week, first month. Like, what was it like for you becoming a widower? Um, I guess in one word, be numb. Because mm. in, in a lot of situations, well, I, you know, a lot of married couple dynamics, usually the, the female does the finances or is in charge of the finances. Um, and she did all that stuff. So I had to, much like Rob, where in, you know, episode 82, where he explained um, his financial, where his wife did all his stuff and he had to mm. like figure out the bank. And so I had to do all that on top of, funeral arrangements that we had not who plans and grief (laughs) and and grief on top of that so and my son you know like i said is in arizona so uh he wasn't here he wasn't able to to fly in to be with her when he he didn't want to come in and see her like that so Mm, yeah understandably i kind of had to uh almost put on dad shoes where i was more focused on them and making Mm. sure they're okay her and my daughter uh, were attached to the hip. I mean, they were best friends. So mm-hmm. it, uh, she she's better. She's in a good place now, but she had she had to work through that, you know. Um, absolutely. And grieve that. Uh, but yeah, it was just no. It was just like like I can't believe this is happening. This is this is crazy, you know, because it it's it's different. I can relate somewhat to to your, your guy's story, but, and not, cause it wasn't instant, but it was, I mean, it might as well have been instant. It was two weeks, but even the two weeks that did give us a little bit of time to prepare, like mentally, at least like, you know, we we're fervently praying that she would be healed. And, you know, ultimately he did heal her, you know, yep. he healed Absolutely. her. Absolutely. It, it just wasn't here on earth, you know, she's yeah. completely healed now. So, but, it, it was just that um, none would be the best thing. It's just mm. I had a, a huge family and friends support system that came alongside me and that, you know, I got the funeral arrangements. We got that taken care of. I mean, the God, God worked it all out behind the scenes mm. without me even knowing because it, it, it flowed, I guess, smooth. I mean, everything happened like it was supposed to. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, that's the one thing you can't get used to is a, a quiet home. Mm. Just real, a dead silent home. Honestly, yes. You know? it, it's, it's, and I, I, I've never really understood this expression, um, but it's, it's so silent. It's like deafening. And I remember like kind of understanding that, um, even though for me, I got these two little kids running around, obviously, but, yeah. um, which are not quiet, <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, yeah. 
it still felt, and I guess maybe silent in my circumstance wouldn't be the right mm. word, empty. empty. There was yeah. just this empty void that was like, I don't get it. Like my kids are talking, but like, why does this feel so empty? Yeah. yeah. And um, so, yeah, so I understand. Um, yeah, that. I, I do under like I can understand what you're saying, mm -hmm. but I, I didn't experience the same absolute silence. Yeah. Um, so what like what helped you get to where you are now? What helped you did I mean obviously the Lord helped you, but like what gave you perspective? What like what were some of the things that maybe you could tell share with other widowers or you know? Yeah. You know, honestly it was that that moment when I walked into her her room and and got the revelation that she was not here that that this isn't our home this isn't where we end up mm -hmm. um, you know we're there's the saying we're human beings in temporary spiritual experiences mm -hmm. you know we're we're uh, we're spiritual beings with a temporary human experience because mm -hmm. the spirit's who we are so um just focusing on that and uh, grief share we did me and my daughter did go through grief share nice i actually went through it twice um i would encourage anybody that does go through grief share if it's and we went through it like a couple months after she passed um which it was good but i wound up helping uh six months later in the next session that the church did and i actually helped in that one um, and I got more out of it the second time around because oh, wow. I, I had walked through some of the stages that they were talking about on the videos where I had before I had not mm. been three months removed. I haven't gone through any of that stuff yet. So, but it honestly, it wasn't anything because, uh, you know, honestly, a majority of the time, uh, my daughter was grieving in her own way. She has, she had a boyfriend. So being at home was hard for her being in the house because mom was not here. So she had to grieve in her own way. So she spent a lot of time with the boyfriend and down at his house um, because of the family unit down there, the mom, dad were still there. So it, it gave her a, a kind of a piece where she was able to work through stuff um, versus just staying down here with me. And it, it's just weird. So most of the time I was here by myself, you know, oftentimes I tell people, it's like, I, you come home and you just eat and then you listen to worship music or you just sit and talk to God in a dark room and dark house by yourself. It's like, so I don't know. It, it becomes it a very just, strange existence. <laughs> it is. Cause you're just like, is this it? Is this, is this all, you know, and I'm just kind of in my mind in a way he was, it was needed. It was needed in my case. It was like um, he needed me to get to that place where I was fully committed to him and putting everything in him as far as his um, faith and how he's going to work this out. So I just did that every night. Um, went walking and stuff like that, but that was it. I mean, uh, you know, they say in grief share, it's like after the the initial people around you go away, that's when you got to be ready because then mm -hmm. you're in the silent room and you don't have, you know, silent house by yourself. You don't have all your family and friends around. 
and that was true mm-hmm. in my case um, mm-hmm. because my daughter was out doing her own thing and the family and friends have got you you're going but it's like there's they got their own lives to live they're yeah. going they, they're only so much checking up on you they can do so a lot of times that was it i was just kind of um prayer and but that's what he needed that's where he wanted me mm. i mean it, it was preparation for where i'm at today mm. so when when did you do awesome. you recall a moment or time when you started feeling joy again i mean it may uh, not be a specific moment but just like when did you start like okay i'm i'm i want to live life you know what i mean like the, the joy yeah, coming yeah, yeah. back and probably i would say probably six to eight probably six months or so mm-hmm. yeah and was there a specific yeah. thing that happened or just over time or how did just you get over to time point? yeah just over time and um actually grief share helped because there were some couples in there um there were our that were my age and we stayed in contact and ate ate dinner and stuff like that and would meet um, started playing pickleball with my father-in-law that helped just get me out of the house Yeah, getting out of the um, house community that's good yeah community sure i stayed engaged in church and that's one thing um, with your questions that i would recommend people do is if you are engaged in church stay engaged in church you know yeah. mm-hmm. um it's hard my daughter struggled with it for a while because mom was not there you know and her going to church without mom it's like you know i get it but you have to re-engage at some point. You yeah. try to re-engage at some point. So, I remember uh, <laughs> Pastor Greg Laurie um, from Harvest in Southern California. Yeah. Um, I remember. So he lost his son, uh, yeah. Jonathan, in a mm-hmm. car accident, and I remember him saying that he went to church that Sunday. Mm-hmm. And not to preach, you know, but yeah. he was in church, and he said mm-hmm. a lot of people were like, "I can't believe you're here." And he's like, where else would I be? We go. Exactly. Yeah. I need to be here. And so I was just like, wow, that's, that's right. Yeah. It's not like, um, you know, it's not like you're going to a ball game or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're seeking spiritual mm-hmm. things and where, mm-hmm. where better to find them than in mm-hmm. the house of the Lord surrounded by fellow oh, believers, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, Especially the uh, ones that, that know, know your story and where you're at. I mean, they can, mm-hmm. it gives them a chance to, um, talk to you see how you're doing because mm. i related i i messaged you and, and i did relate to to your last podcast with you saying that you don't like asking for help either and i i'm the same way i didn't want to burden people with that but that's what he ordained he he wanted me face down with him mm. preparing me for the next season that that wow. i'm in right now so that's insightful yeah were there any like specific verses or songs that helped you through this time? Yeah, actually, um, three songs in particular. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, the first one, a good friend of mine, a uh, very dear friend of mine, um, they actually drove, they were one of the few people that, that drove to the hospital when she was in there. They drove two hours to just to come pray in their car in the, in the hospital parking wow. lot. Hmm. They didn't know that they could come in, but I said, no, no, you can come in. You just have to put the PPE on. So they came in and, and um, prayed over her through the window. They didn't want to go in and all that, but they gave me a song um, that we listened to pretty regular through that whole week. I actually played it at her wedding was uh, The Story I'll Tell mm, by Magic City. Mm-hmm. Naomi Rain sings it. 
Um, and then the other one was, uh, no one ever cared for me like Jesus mm. by Stephanie, uh, Greitzinger. And then there was another one that I, um, listened to a lot. I still listen to it today. I actually listened to it, to it today it was seasons change by United pursuit. Uh, Michael Ketterer features in the song. Mm. And in my, my verses, um, Isaiah 12, he gave, he gave me that, um, scripture in a dream, uh, five years ago. And that's actually on my headstone. So, and oh, what, wow. does it, what yeah. does it say? What's Isaiah it? 12. Um, I'd have to look it up cause it's a, link, it up. it's a lengthy, okay. it's a lengthy. Okay. Scripture. I didn't know if there's like one verse, but okay. Oh no, that, I mean, the whole thing kind of ties together, but, um, he didn't give me a, he just gave me the whole, the whole thing. Isaiah 12. Oh, the whole yep. chapter. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's, it's only like 13 verses or something. It's not very long. Okay. Um, these are the visions that Isaiah, son of Amos, Amos, I don't Amos, 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 A-M-O-Z. Oh, then Amos. no, I don't. Yeah. Oh, Amos, okay. okay. You're right, yeah. you're right. Saw concerning <laughs> Judah and Jerusalem. He saw these visions during the years when Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah were kings of Judah. A message for rebellious Judah. Listen, O heavens, pay attention, earth. This is what the Lord says. The children I raised and cared for have rebelled against me. Even an ox knows its owner and a donkey recognizes its master's care. But Israel doesn't know its master. Oh, people don't uh, my people don't recognize my care for them. Oh, what a sinful nation they are, loaded down with burden of guilt. They are evil people, corrupt children who have rejected the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on him. Why do you continue to invite <clears throat> punishment? Must you rebel forever? Your head is injured and your heart is sick. You are battered from head to foot, covered with bruises, welts, and infected wounds. Without any soothing ointments or bandages, your country lies in ruins and your towns are burned. Foreigners plunder your fields before your eyes and destroy everything they see. Beautiful Jerusalem stands abandoned like a watchman's shelter in a vineyard, like a lean-to in a cucumber field after the harvest, like a helpless city under siege. If the Lord of Heaven's armies had not spared a few of us, we would <clears throat> have been wiped out like Sodom, destroyed like Gomorrah. Listen to the Lord, you leaders of Sodom. Listen to the law of our God, people of Gomorrah. What makes you think I want all your sacrifices, says the Lord? I am sick of your burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fattened cattle. I get no pleasure from the blood of bulls and lambs of goats. Lambs and goats, excuse me. And then, uh, when you come to worship me, who asked you to parade through my courts with all your ceremony? <clears throat> Stop bringing me your meaningless gifts. The incense of your offering disgusts me. Um, I'm sorry, this actually... Did, you... did I... Did I... Did, 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 yeah, what did I do here? What 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 book are you in? I thought you said Isaiah one twelve. No, no, Isaiah twelve. Oh my gosh! Okay, I, I'm to, trying to. I was like wondering. I was like, I didn't want to stop you. I'm like, it sounds good, cool. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. Okay, what did you say it was then? I, Isaiah twelve. Okay, y'all go look it up. Isaiah. Yeah. 12. 
I am so sorry. I was like sitting there wondering, and then I started feeling like I was getting to something. I'm like, wait a minute. This just keeps on going. Hold on. No, I'm so sorry. Me, I totally misunderstood you. Let me just read the first. It's the yes. first three. Hey, I should have just let you do that. In that day, You're like, what in the world translation is he reading? Like, what is he reading? <laughs> no, it's Isaiah 12. In that day, you will say, I will praise you, Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away. You have mm. comforted me. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. That's good. That makes so much more sense, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm so red with embarrassment right now. Like I, It's God's word. We heard more of God's word, so thank you. Yeah, it's just... It was just a total like misunderstanding. I'm like, wait, what am I reading? How long does this go? Like seriously, I'm glad I caught onto that because that went a lot longer. I was like, what? I thought you said it was. Uh, that's what I thought. I thought you said it was Isaiah one, one through twelve or something. Oh my gosh, whoops! So I got to like twelve, and I'm like, I thought he said twelve, and then it went thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. <laughs> Anyways, I apologize for that audience and David. No. It's um, nice. Those and Michelle, why not? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that makes a lot more sense. Okay. Yes. So oh, that's embarrassing. It's all good. <laughs> Kept on going. You guys are so patient and nice with me. You know, I'm excited to look back at this because I was looking at my phone reading. So I'm excited to watch yeah. this back and see the confusion on your guys' yeah. face. I'm just like, okay. I was trying to figure oh, out how great. long this like what what it is that god gave you from these verses like i was, I was starting to, to feel at the end that it was kind of like uh you know like i don't need you i'm the lord you know because i think david you you reached out to me at one point and told me that you when i mentioned that in a podcast that it touched you that yeah. i said like the lord spoke to me and said i don't need you yeah and so i started thinking I'm all, oh maybe that's where we're going with it that, we're going with it yeah. <laughs> wow oh my gosh good. No, that's yeah, good. Yeah, good stuff. Good verses. Okay, so moving on. No, that was Yeah, really I'll good. just be quiet the rest of the episode. That's all good. So, David, I heard you mm -hmm. mention very quickly, you said, Amy, mm -hmm. my wife. So, so yeah. obviously, we've got mm -hmm. a lot to more of the story to hear. Yeah, so, there's more of the story. So, you, you, you go through all this. God starts bringing mm -hmm. joy back. And at, one, at what point are you ready to date again? And can you tell us your story about you, know, you and Amy? You know, that's a funny thing. Um, it was a year and a year and a month. Yeah. A year and a month. Um, I was just face down with the Lord. You know, I didn't even consider dating. I didn't, mm. I was not, I'm at that. I was 47, 46. I'm like, I'm not putting myself on dating sites. I'm not doing that. It's not, I'm not fun. doing it. I'm not doing it. You know, from listening to the podcast, <laughs> I hear you heard you guys, enough from us. <laughs> yeah. Mark's like, nah, I, don't do it. So, yeah. I remember reaching out to Mark at one point going, Hey, any advice on that? And he gave me good stage advice. I'm like, ah, I think I'm just, I think the Lord's got me in the place. This is where he wants me. So I'm just going to keep doing this. So I wasn't looking, I wasn't, uh, any of that, but, um, like I said, he was just preparing me mm -hmm. and the same exact moment he was preparing my wife now in a whole nother state, 14 mm -hmm. hours away to be exact. Um, and I'm on Facebook, but not really kind of shortened version. And, um, 
I came across her reel looking through Christian content on and her reel came up on there. I'm more on Facebook than I am Instagram. So I saw she was on Facebook. So I got on Facebook. Um, she has a setup where you can't friend her. You can only, only follow. So same content on Facebook. So I just followed and I didn't even think anything of it. It was just someone else to look at content. I didn't even know her age. I didn't, you know, nothing. I was, it, there, none of that was even a consideration. I was just, so, um, a month later, uh, December 28th to be exact, she sends a voice message over messenger and I listened to it and it was a heartfelt message. Uh, my daughter just posted, uh, something on her Facebook page with the year passing of Sue's, um, you know, giving praise to God that's got her through and how I had stepped in to fill shoes of Sue's. And mm -hmm. so she just sent me an encouraging message, um, saying, you're doing a great job. Keep it up as a dad. She needs it. And so nice. it just organically turned into back and forth conversation. And we just kept talking and here we are today. I mean, it's a whole nother mm -hmm. podcast and yeah. story upon story within that whole thing, but it's like, wow. But you know, I, I listened to the message and to your point of when did I know I was ready? I didn't, I didn't know God was preparing me for another, yeah. another person. And, um, but when I was listening to her message, I actually listened to it three times at work played it and was like, okay, played it again. Okay. And the third time, um, I didn't feel guilty for listening to it. I guess is the best way to describe it. Like I didn't feel like I was cheating on Sue's by listening to another female over messenger. So it's like, okay. So I knew in that moment, okay, I am okay to move on hmm. or, or to move forward. You know? So it's like, um, yeah, it, it just organically, God ordained it and just, it, it's so, so beautiful. Crazy. It's another it Facebook success story because, you know, that's how Joel and I <laughs> re-met. Yeah. And I love what, about all three of our stories is they're all God wrote our love stories. Like it yes. wasn't the dating apps. It wasn't all yeah. of mm -hmm. that. So not like if you met your, your spouse that way, that's totally fine. I'm just yeah. saying like I know all three of us had come to that place. Mark and I have talked about this a lot, like just letting God write our love stories. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, even, even, even more crazy than that, I, I remember you guys saying like, uh, spray, uh, pray specifically for what you want in your spouse. Yes. Like Mark saying, I want a short life, you know, that, that happens. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, thank you, uh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Because I wasn't looking, I didn't even feel I was ready to look or mm -hmm. even was considering looking. He brought me a woman that's equally yoked and is, we, we keep saying we're each other's puzzle piece. Mm. He knit us together so perfectly without even any prayer on that. Like he just brought me the perfect woman. Mm -hmm. it, it's amazing. And is That's she, awesome. I'm assuming, cause it sounds like she's amazing. Like how is she with, you know, you talking, um, about your, uh, Suzanne, what was your first wife? Suzanne, name? yeah. Suzanne, Suzanne, how is she about yeah. you? Like talking about her pictures of her, like, how does she respond to great. grief um, and all you of know, that? She's, yeah, she's been great. You know, she, she knows a widower to begin with. And she has said, um, I'm going to honor 
her and and everything you know and that's her awesome. and my daughter have a good relationship and um wow my daughter knows she's not filling her mom's shoes but as she calls it it's her bonus mom so oh mm-hmm. so yeah. sweet that's awesome praise <laughs> the lord I so he, that's that. amazing that because that was one of my um initial concerns was how they were going to take yeah you know yeah, of course. That, you know, of course. Uh, you know, I've heard people saying they've got remarried three months, six months. You know, it's like mm-hmm. ours was a year in you know in, in July, so it's like it wasn't quick. But I guess in, I don't know. In terms like you guys, well, you know, say, there's no timeline. So. No, yeah, there's no not. timeline. And what I I'm saying this more so for the listeners, um, yeah. but just to, to say it to you, David, that you're here. You didn't choose this. Mm-mm. You didn't choose for that to happen. It, no. And so, you know, it's, there's nothing, I don't feel like there's anything to feel guilty about at all. I no. think it's whenever your heart is ready, um, then it's been enough time, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like what Michelle often says that like, there is no equation of how long mm-hmm. you grieve equals how much you loved. Yeah. That's exactly. just yeah. not how it is. And so mm-hmm. I'm saying it to you cause you're here, but mm-hmm. I want the audience to hear that too, as we've said it before, but, um, just to, you know, reiterate it, that there's, there's no timeline and that whenever you're ready is the right time. So, right, um, yeah. Yeah, were I, you going to ask something? Myself, oh, go ahead. I caught myself doing that a couple of times. Like, mm. I, mean, I was with her for 27 years. It's like, is this too quick? You know, or but it's like, doesn't matter. But, but the more he showed, the more he showed the both of us that he ordained it, this is his story. He's writing for the two of us. Like, okay. Who am I yeah. to deny that? So it's... And it's, it's, um, you know, for me, it was like, well, I mean, this is, these are the cards I was dealt mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't want to be alone forever. I know that for sure. Yeah. And the Lord is bringing me this amazing woman. I don't want to feel like there's, there's nothing wrong with this. And I've been telling no. myself from the beginning, like, this is a blessing, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it is, and I, I feel like it's, uh, um, and I view the same for, you know, Michelle finding Joel and for you finding Mm -hmm. Amy, that it's, uh, the Lord rewarding our faithfulness Mm -hmm. and not saying that he, you know, if, if you're not finding a spouse that it doesn't mean he's not rewarding (laughs) you, but just everybody's story is different. And for the three of us sitting here now, I feel like, um, that the Lord does reward faithfulness and it's the only gift we can give him. We know Mm -hmm. that it's the only thing that's of any value to him. Like I was reading there in Isaiah one, you know, (laughs) (laughs) the Lord doesn't care about our burn offerings. (laughs) See, it all ties back. That was all intentional. Just tying it all back together. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's funny. uh, David, what advice would you give to a brand new widow or widower? Like, um, kind of tying on what Martin said, my father-in-law told me, be the best man or woman you can be for the Lord. And when it's his time, he'll bring someone into your life. Mm-hmm. So Mark say that too. So my pastor told me that. Mm-hmm. That's good. It makes yeah, sense. that's so awesome, like, David. Okay, just Focus on what he wants for you and be the best. If, if he does bring someone else in your life, be the best man mm-hmm. of God you can be for that next mm-hmm. person. I love yeah, that. That's good. Yeah. Good so, advice. That's, a, that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. And uh, I think that's, 
Say, say that again. Stay, stay engaged in church and grow, mm. get in a grief share. It helps. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. And so um, I think we'll have to do, um, you know, if Amy's up for it, I think it'd be cool yeah, to um, at a later yeah, date, you know, do an episode with Amy and kind of see what it's like from her perspective to be mm-hmm. married to a widower because um, we haven't had that yet. So um, that would be neat. I've got some like specific because you're only the third widower we've had mm-hmm. as a guest. Um, so maybe specific to being a widow, I don't feel like there's as many resources or as many mm-hmm. groups or as any things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, do you have a community? <laughs> it of... is tough. Yeah. Because guys don't talk. Exactly. Yes. So it's a lot harder. Too manly. So... <laughs> well, I, I, know thought, that... I thought it was funny when, when we went into grief share, they, they have the policy of no dating. Oh, within. within. Oh, within. I'm, going, I'm like, what? What did I get into here? I'm like, what's going on? Is this an issue? And they're like, oh yeah, it's. it's sometimes it can be an issue. I'm like, wow, okay. But to oh, sit in there and there's only me and one other guy, and the rest of of the room is all, you know, had lost their husbands. So I'm like, uh, oh, yeah. this is a different dynamic. Totally. So, wow. So, yeah. So yeah. one of my questions is, um, so I know you found Mark as someone you could talk mm-hmm. to, the widower. Have you yeah. found any other like communities or anything like any resources for widowers? I'm just curious if you found anything. No, actually, it's no. kind of hard. I mean, mm-hmm. just through grief share, actually, I met another another uh, guy my age. The last go round through grief share, it was 47. His name was Mark as well, and he just lost mm-hmm. his wife. Oh wow! Six months before I lost mine. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think that's I, something that's really needed is a widower yeah. community. It's a widower know? community. I looked for it, but it's like. You know, everybody's just like, the guys don't want to talk. I they know. Want to talk about What's yeah. wrong with so you guys? Like, Come on. I don't know, but it's like, it's ref- it's a reflection of our audience. Yeah. It's a reflection of how many, um, you know, how many, it's crazy. Because if you type in widow, Oh, it's, it's infinite um, yeah. things that come up. Widower, it's like mm-hmm. there are, um, now I can't speak to his stuff other than saying he's a really nice guy i met this guy in a in a facebook group named john polo mm. he is an author and a life coach mm-hmm. i don't know any full confession i did not read the book that he sent me but i thought he was a really great guy he sent me a copy of his book um just mm-hmm. to be a nice guy um and uh so i know he, there are a few here and there i don't know if he's yeah. a christian i don't know anything about him i am not endorsing her, him <laughs> nor i'm not not endorsing him i just don't know But uh, he was very friendly with me. But yeah, there's just not a lot. I mean, our audience Mm -hmm. is what, 70, I think 77% women? At least. Or 75 or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, What's the majority of the the men go first? Isn't that right? That's Yes. Yes. That's a good point. Pretty good significant point. Yeah, where they go first. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I looked. But I couldn't find anything. So the best thing I could do is just grief share. So I went yeah, my yeah. Daughter. I mean, that's that's great that you've um, you know, you've made it to this point because I do follow your story, uh, yours mm-hmm. and Amy's story, mm-hmm. and um, it's very uplifting, and I just love it. I love what the Lord can do um, through really dark and difficult circumstances, yeah. and it's um, you know, I've seen I've seen a lot of stories with widows, but for me personally. I haven't seen a lot of stories with widowers coming to this other side. And um, Mm -hmm. just as somebody who I relate to as a brother in Christ, it's been Mm -hmm. awesome to see like (laughs) your and Amy's story unfold. And I remember when you first 
talked about her on Facebook and I was like, Ooh. oh my gosh. And I think I came and told Michelle, I said, I that guy I've been talking to on Facebook, he's one of our listeners. He totally started dating this girl and like, yeah. they seem like super happy with each other and I'm so excited. I'm so pumped for them. And, um, yeah. and then now here you are married. And, uh, yeah. so, you know, congratulations to both yes. of you on that, you know. I always get so excited when I see, so I have a lot of uh, widow friends on Facebook mm -hmm. and when they start dating and they announce, I get so yeah. excited for them. Cause it's like just this beauty from ashes. Like there's yeah, something different about a second is. love where it's like, for me personally, like, I enjoy every single second, every, like just every little thing about it is so great. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I mean, that's what something that Joel told me that he, you know, he has a whole different background, but like what he loves about me is my perspective on life because I enjoy mm -hmm. every little moment because we know yeah. how short it is. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. So it's and really just for everybody listening, um, you know, it's not for everybody to right. find love again. Right. And we know that and we've said that yeah. a lot, but um, for, you know, for you personally, it might be um, finding healing that is you know finding joy again and things like that could be equally exciting um mm -hmm. but you know for the three of us sitting here finding love again is what we're talking about so um anyways well michelle did you have anything else david do you guys have anything else i think that was it i really appreciate you sharing your story and it's so great to have widowers share because like we said we don't have very many so i know there's gonna there's guys out there like thank you so much we want to hear from another widower not another widow yeah. yes yes <laughs> So we appreciate that. Thank you so much. Sure. Yes. So come on, guys, step it up. Step Be it our up. guest. Yeah. <laughs> They're out there. They're out there. <laughs> yeah, they are. Well, thanks a lot, David. I really appreciate yeah. it. Um, yeah, it's been fantastic. So uh, I will pray for us. All um, right. Sounds good. Lord, thank you so much for um, bringing this man into my life personally. Um, it's been inspirational for me and that he was willing to come on here and share his story. And Lord, I just thank you so much for the blessing that you brought into his life and um in the way of amy and just healing and um for his children lord and i just like to pray over this family um you know the new family and the old family so to speak uh all the children involved and everybody and just um just pray for continued blessings and guidance and wisdom in this um relationship and love story um and for anybody listening, Lord, I pray that you would bring them peace into their hearts, that uh, for those in the beginning, that you would provide uh, help, means, security, um, your hand on their shoulder, walking them through this season of life. And um, yeah, we just thank you so much, Lord. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, you know what I'm going to say. If you liked this podcast, give it a little ding. <laughs> five stars on apple podcast all the places um also if you want to be a guest we have taken a poll in two places on facebook and i did another poll um it's like unanimous everybody wants a combination of just me and mark rambling on our episodes <laughs> and then they want to also have guests so we really want to have more guests there is a link in the show notes this is how we're doing it now if you would to be a guest fill out this form and we will get back to you um, we'd love to hear your story. And there are people out there who'd love to hear your story. Everybody's got a story to yes. share. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like if 
God allowed it, like we want to allow him to use it. Like we went through these mm-hmm. stories. All of our stories are unique, similar in some ways, but unique. Um, and people can benefit from hearing from you. And don't be scared. Mm-hmm. It's just like having a conversation with friends. So it's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, also, yes. as you guys know, we are sponsored by Widow Goals, which is my nonprofit. Um, and what we do is we do podcasts and social media support, scholarships for grief recovery, um, which side note. So grief recovery is absolutely amazing taking people seven weeks through unpacking the grief that they've had um and there's so much to that if you want to know more about that definitely in the show notes you can book a call with me to learn more about how that works i do them on zoom i've got people literally all over the world there's someone in egypt right now doing one with me it's so cool so cool and i've got like egypt and like states all over it's so much fun but i love love doing that so i'd love to talk with you more um and if you've been blessed by this podcast and want to give back to us there's a link in the show notes so i think that's all the things if you want to email us widow too soon at widowgoals.org you can find us on facebook all the stuff okay all the stuff i think that's it (laughs) so thank you so much david for being with us and thank Thank you, you audience for listening and we'll see you next time Bye. Right. Bye. God bless. Bye.